That is not dead, which can eternal find, and in strange eons even monsters may write. Right? Right. This is Finding Monster Rights, show about finding monsters, as we pre have previously confirmed that. Yeah, we don't really need to do that exact little... We don't need to repeat that mantra of text over and over, constantly and obsessively write it on walls and things. Finding, 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 finding monsters. Right. The show about finding monsters, right? Right. Right. Ah, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. And leave a comment. We always appreciate them. A five-star review. Yeah, if you give us a five-star review, I will literally give you a hug. I don't care about Omicron. I'll die. <laughs> I just want to give someone a hug, damn it. That's how committed I am. Yes, to podcasting. I've gone mad with podcast. Uh, I am Adam. I'm Allie. And this is not your daddy's monster. I am here. <laughs> The mo the monster of this week is he's a wet drippy drippy Satan. A wet drippy Satan that we call Cthulhu or Cthulhu possibly. Yeah, uh, it's, specifically we are. Uh, new phone, who this? Prank calling Cthulhu. Ring ring. Hello. Ring ring. H hello. Ring ring. H hello. Ring ring. Hello. Ring, you have a ring. bad connection. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Let's talk about what Cthulhu is for people that don't know. Uh, I didn't know for a very long time, and it bothered me. Really? Because look at this name. Look at the the consonant, like, you know, jumble up that this nonsense is. Yeah, H.P. Lovecraft did not have good SEO in mind. That's why we do, because we're good podcasters. And, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it, it's hard to pronounce, too, if you only see it in text. Yeah, so C-T-H-E. U L U H U. Okay, so it's like, it's not like a C H like Chthonic or like Charon or like some kind of Greek C H thing because I always want to do that. Even though it does have that root. Yeah, it's C. It's just just the letter C, and then Thule, like you know Ultima Thule, and then Who, at the end. Mm -hmm. That's how I remember it. Like C, Thule, Who. And it's, I think H.P. Uh, Lovecraft in designing this name wanted a sound that sounded like, all right, this is the best humans can create to make this alien-like abomination. Right. So the story of The Call of Cthulhu was published in 1928. Uh-huh. Uh, almost, almost 100 years ago. Almost. Almost. Uh, uh, 94 years ago? Yeah. And uh, it tells the story... Of a man who is maybe a detective or something. I kind of <laughs> lost interest in the story, but I think everyone has the wonderful ambition of reading Call of Cthulhu, and then they do, and it's like, oh wait, where's the monster though? You always have this problem, and I simply don't have it. Like that wasn't the issue. It was just that I was like, this is boring. <laughs> like I don't need there to be a monster like on page two. I think he only shows up in the last like. Well, the last story in the series of stories. I think it's like a serialized thing. I guess so, that's always my on-ramp. That's the part that piques my interest. So if it's mostly like a detective story. It's got to start with Jaws, right? It, pretty much, yeah. It's, it's got to start like Jaws, where there's like someone swimming, Cthulhu eats them. So, 
It tells the story of a detective who finds some strange letters left behind by his great uncle, whose name is George Angel. And you miss you miss, you miss his middle name, Gamble. Gamble. <laughs> so uh, these letters basically tell of a kind of like mass hysteria that is slowly but in an undetectable and isolated way spreading across the globe. Like there's, you know, maddening cultists in this spot and this spot and this spot. And like to an uneducated mind, it looks uh, looks like nothing. But if you are a truly powerful enough incel, you can see that all of these dots are connected. And why won't women sleep with me? These are all these are all the same thing. The end times are coming. Of course you can't draw a line between them, but if you move in a spiral fashion. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Because gay people move in spirals. <laughs> it's true. I'm just constantly I've worn out the heels of so many socks just from twirling on hardwood floors. <laughs> um but so yeah, uh, basically there's a lot of Uh-oh, the train's coming. The, the police are coming to arrest us for talking about Cthulhu, and they're coming by train. <laughs> they're old-timey time police. Yeah, yeah. In old-timey times, you, you could get away with crimes if you were far enough away from a railroad. <laughs> That's why they took the railroad, because they're like, hi, you can't catch me when I'm on a railroad. Heard about the great train robbery? That took some balls. <laughs> like, the one place you can get caught. <laughs> Which, it's very funny, because that's 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 H.P. Lovecraft going to the movies. Mm. Yeah, 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 and he's like, "Oh, that's that's scary at the end there, where he where he shoots me." Right. What if I was always scared mm. because of a giant monster in the ocean? This uh, we didn't mention is kind of January too. Oh yes, 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 yes. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, Let's continue with the story because this train derailed us, which is very. <laughs> that's very funny. Okay, I'm great comedy. <laughs> great comedy is just pointing out that you're funny. Um. You've done it for a full minute now. I know. Dude, our podcast is an exercise in what if two people drove a car at once? (laughs) Oh, a car with two wheels? No, there's not two wheels. There is one steering wheel and we are violently fighting over it constantly. Mm. So this graven image of like a man-shaped thing, kind of, but scaly and kind of grotesque with uh, bat wings and a squid head keeps coming up. And uh, eventually, like the trail leads to a boat off the coast of uh, off the coast of Australia, New Zealand, and uh, technically, if you're off the coast of anywhere, you're off the coast of everywhere, right? <laughs> yeah, it's near New Zealand. Yeah, but they sail to the city of of uh, Raleigh, Raleigh, Raleigh. Let's, let's use Raleigh. Raleigh, 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 North Carolina, <laughs> which is how I always want to pronounce it. I've been there. And You've been I, to I, would not, I would not be surprised if there were some Cthulhu's walking about. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when uh, Travis and Michael from Kaiju Weekly ever uh, meet up with each other and they meet in in the middle there, <laughs> ask them if they see any Cthulhu's walking around next time. I'm sure those two are primed. To they would spot Cthulhu. a Cthulhu. They would see a Kaiju. If, yeah. Although how funny would it be if like Kaiju were real and they were always like just out of the field of view, like a sitcom. <laughs> It's one of those words like I don't believe them, and then you're you're walking down the hallway, and like you stop, and there's Cthulhu. It's just like Phineas and Ferb's mom, but <laughs> they're Phineas and Ferb's mom, Travis and Michael, and like <laughs> the kaiju or the inventions. Yeah. So 
And uh, Francis Wayland Thurston is the is Candace in the situation. Right. So uh, eventually they track down the coordinates of the Lost City of Relay, which is really close to the Point Nemo. Which, do you know about this? I don't think so. Point- I don't- there's a, I know there's a sort of a lost continent over there. Point Nemo is uh, the furthest point on the Earth's surface from any land. Hmm. It's in the South Pacific Ocean. Okay. Named after Finding Nemo, of course. Right, right, right. Yeah. Everybody loves that movie. So uh, they go to the city of Relay, and when they sail through there, they see that it's, uh, that it's rising, and it's covered in... It's like a weird shape. That's an odd way of putting it. It is shaped in a non-Euclidean way. Like, oh. When you see the, uh, when you see, like, art of Relay on uh, on the internet, I'm going to say Relay because for some reason I guess that's how I'm saying it. Yeah. It's always like, what if, like, ancient Rome, but wet and black, I guess. The, the stone is black. A wet, drippy Rome. A wet, drippy Rome. But, like, yeah. then there's some art in here that's, like, actually, like... The perspective makes no sense and the proportions are wrong. And that, I think, is a much better way of... That breaks every rule that I think artists are trained to follow. Which is why it's hard for them to depict it. Yeah, I think that's the case. It literally... It looks... Yeah, it's it's often shown here as, like, um... As the Little Mermaid of Ursula 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, some of these images are, like... That's a very inconvenient shape for a building, but my brain can wrap around it. Mm-hmm. And then there are, like, a handful of these that are like, why is that going into this? And, like, why is this curved in this way? And that angle is acting like the other kind of angle. Yeah, it's, uh, like a lot of Cthulhu mythos it's, uh, and the Lovecraftian mythos, you're, you're supposed to not be able to wrap your brain around it. Right. It's supposed to be above human comprehension. Uh, this is, I think this is a, does a good, pretty good job of it because it starts to do that. That's not even tinted blue. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's showing like bad angles and you know that that classic. You're walking up the stairs, but you can't go anywhere. Sort of the Inception Doctor Strange angle of what if a building, but on top of another building. Yeah, correct. So, uh, this is a picture from South Park, and honestly, the funny <laughs> thing is, I would classify this as one of the good ones. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, they're in the city of Relay, and they've learned uh, from some of their like bumpings into different cultists and stuff uh all the sort of things that they say like in his house in relay dead cthulhu waits dreaming or uh that is not dead which can eternal lie and in strange eons even death may die yeah i, I see i've seen that uh, cthulhu's often has a couple monikers great uh, uh dead or dread hmm so I, I think dead is a very uncommon and spooky moniker. The great dead dread, you might call him. <laughs> so after like centuries of these cultists trying and fucking up the rituals to summon Cthulhu to reawaken him and bring him back to the earth, uh, one of the sailors in Relay accidentally opens up a cavern that has Cthulhu in it. <laughs> he just And Cthulhu starts coming out. And uh, what happens is they take a steamboat that they're on and they just drive it as fast as they can into Cthulhu's head and it splits open like a sunfish that's been hit by a a boat, I guess, is the metaphor that he uses, which I've seen sunfish before on the sea. Like they... Uh, Funny enough, the same plot as The Little Mermaid. (laughs) 
the same plot as the little mer well that's not a plot that's not a and then i hit a sea monster with a boat is not a plot adam go back to right you the same plot points elron hubbard came back from space heaven to tell you you were a good writer damn it Adam, uh, Adam was a uh, was a finalist in a Writers of the Future contest. Yes, it's crushing it twenty four seven. Our boys, our boys, a, cr- a creative genius. <laughs> and so then uh, Cthulhu starts to fall apart and kind of reform, but like kind of regenerate. But he's like going back to sleep. Hmm. Like maybe no. it makes me think of some kind of a Studio Ghibli monster. I wake up, I get smacked in the head. I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a bad day. For as long as you've been in <laughs> asleep and in behind these doors since the age before man or or what have you, yeah. if you come out and you get hit, that's a bad day. Go back in for a while. I think he mentions that Cthulhu had been sleeping for vingtillions of years, and it's like the universe is not that old. That's not a scary number. And uh, yeah, then he goes back to sleep, and the protagonist is left shaken by his encounters. Bum, 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 bum. But as uh, as Cthulhu lays stirred at the bottom of the sea. Why stirred? Because not shaken. Oh, okay. That was confusing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's the basics of the story. There's a lot more to it. And frankly, it's a whole story. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't even mention the uh, Necronomicon. We didn't mention the Necronomicon. No. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Necronomicon. Do, 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 do. Necronomicon. I don't know this song very well. <laughs> All right. Well, yes, uh, the the um, the grimoire mm-hmm. that contains all the otherworldly knowledge, including many of the elder gods. That is where that is not dead, which can eternal lie comes from. Correct. That's not the uh, that's not the mantra that's uh, that's spoken. That's more of the uh, that's more of the Cthulhu Fatagan thing that I was going to read before you clicked away from that article. This is why it sucks that we're on the same computer now. Yeah, you know. Nah, I can't pronounce it anyway. <laughs> It's really complicated. I hope that in the it's back made of the, up language. I hope in the back of the Necronomicon, there's this like all by the author picture <laughs> of H.P. Lovecraft. I didn't think pictures could get creepier than the pictures of people in math textbooks. <laughs> he he looks like he he ate math textbooks. Hmm. He looks like he has a math textbook in his mouth, and someone's <laughs> about to call him out on it. Like Howard, did you eat a book? <laughs> Howard, what's in your mouth? Let me see. What do you have in your mouth? I wish there was a, a tentacle in my mouth that could, that could swallow all the truths of the universe. He doesn't want that. That is explicitly not what he wants. He hates tentacles and he hates the truth of the universe. He's very scared of it. That's the point of the story. The yeah. greatest mercy of the human mind is that it can't correlate all its contents or whatever. Which is dumb. I'm correlating contents all the time. Howard, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's uh, a weird connection to make. Uh, but the, the icon of Cthulhu is what's kind of left over after the story. Well, the idea is that uh, that the vastness of space of the cosmos is a Lovecraftian horror unto itself. Like, people mm. would see space and freak out is the basic concept of what that means. And, like, in 1928, space was not, like, a huge thing. Well, I mean... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Due to cosmic I'm... inflation, it was slightly smaller. But... <laughs> But space travel and space exploration was not as big in the public consciousness in 1928. You know, they just got over, uh, you know, the first kind of slavery. And, and it's a... Uh, it's not unf- that we're done with slavery yet. It's a... Uh, un- Abolish prisons. It's unfathomably enormous. It's a grain of sand to the rest of the world <laughs> in size. Which, yes, the rest of the world is a grain of sand to space. 
which is a uh, which is a uh, very difficult to comprehend. Right. And I think that a lot of people, even in nowadays, are stuck to their one little truth, their little tiny box of truths. No, yeah, I don't want to go to space. No? No, I have no desire to ever go into space. I, I think that's part of the reason why I like my own, my little world of fantasy writing. Mm. And how, well, we've talked about this before, um, how urban fantasy and stuff like that, I'm like, there's it can go too many ways, the world's too big. I like an urban fantasy. Yeah. But that's my that's my personal take. It's like there's too many factors to involve here. Mm. You could be really into uh, Cthulhu, and it uh, and Lovecraftian mythology, and it has no relevance whatsoever to whatever magic system or or world that you have going on. Mm. So, but this is something that I've kind of turned around on uh, on HP. Mm -hmm. uh, in researching this episode, I've grown to love the tentacle monsters. Howard Phillips. Mm, Necronomnomnomicon, you know what I mean? <laughs> I oh. do. <laughs> is, is that a new, new segment? It's a cooking segment. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> or if you find any recipes, we'll match to these monsters, we'll deliver it. Necronomnomnomicon for how to eat the monster of the week. I think you could eat a part of Cthulhu and he would still be okay. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think you would be. <laughs> no. Yeah. If people trying to comprehend Cthulhu would have a bad time. I don't think chowing down on one of his tentacle bits is going to be good for you. I don't know. Maybe. It might be. He's probably just full of toxins from hanging out in the ocean for so long. I, I can't imagine he he's, would taste good either. He's just full. You know, okay, you're not supposed to eat, like, swordfish and stuff if you're pregnant or just, like, too much in general because it's full of mercury because of bioaccumulation. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, the little fish gets eaten by the big fish, and the little fish gets, like, a little bit of plastic in it. And if you eat the little fish, then that's only a little bit of plastic. You eat a big fish, they eat a bunch of little fish. That had a plastic in them all at once. So if you eat a big fish, like, that's super bad. Mm -hmm. So that's why you're not supposed to, there's too much mercury and stuff. You can't eat swordfish or shark or something. There's always a bigger fish. Cthulhu is the biggest fish I've ever goddamn seen. He is mostly mercury at this point. <laughs> I, I would agree. He gets taller when it gets hot outside. There's so much mercury in this boy. <laughs> that's, that, that's how he rises out of the water. Oh, yeah. oh, no, global warming? Yeah, global warming brings Cthulhu up. This is an insane troll logic <laughs> that we've brought. I can't believe we made Lovecraft more insane. If global warming is real, then why hasn't Cthulhu risen? He's mostly mercury. <laughs> so... so no, but this is why I've turned around on Lovecraft. It's basically the same thing that I see when... Well, like, if people aren't into femdom stuff, bear with me on this metaphor, and they see, like, some lady being mean to them, it's like, fuck you. You know, you're not into it. Mm -hmm. And then there are some people that are, like, super into it. Why have I completely forgotten what I was... <laughs> Well, but it's like comparing it to Cthulhu. Yes, yes, yes. And like on a surface level, you're kind of like, what's what's the deal? Yeah, with this squid dude. It's like if you interpret Lovecraft as being like, you're insignificant, you suck, you aren't as cool as this giant squid monster. You're a nasty little worm. Howard is your queen. Bow before Howard. Lick Howard's fucking boots, slug. I'm very good at this. It turns out. Um, so if you interpret it that way, then of course you're going to be like, fuck you. Mm. But flip it around the point of lovecraft that i think people get wrong a lot is not humans are insignificant it's 
There is no such thing as significance. Hmm. So that means Cthulhu's not significant. Azathoth and the gods and whatever, they're not significant. They don't matter. And that means you can ram a steamboat into their head and fucking nuke their ass. <laughs> we They have as much power as, you, as our steam technology. If, if a steamboat does, like, a number on Cthulhu, then a nuke would kill him. Yeah. Like, just straight up. Like, I'm sorry, Cthulhu fanboys, but it's not like in Christian mythology. It's not like with how God is, like, the source of creation and also, like the foundation upon which reality rests, like ongoing creation stuff, like in uh, theology and things like that. If you kill Cthulhu, if you kill God, nothing bad happens. And canonically, there's no way to do that. If you kill, or everything bad happens, wait, everything bad happens if you kill God and canonically, there's no way to do that permanently. Jesus is kind of Cthulhu, huh? Comes back. Uh, (laughs) And if you kill Cthulhu, like that doesn't mean the universe explodes. Yeah. That just means that Cthulhu isn't there anymore. Oh no. If you blow up Azathoth, like, that doesn't mean that the universe explodes. That just means Azathoth's not there. And that means the essence of post-Lovecraftianism is baked into Lovecraftian literature in general. You know, in the Dunwich Horror, or in the Call of Cthulhu itself, they achieve temporary victory over creatures of the Cthulhu mythos, the people do. Mm-hmm. And even in the Mountains of Madness, like, they sympathize with some of the aliens. The aliens and the gods and stuff aren't more important than any of us. And that means that our whole take of this whole damn show, which is, like, you know, the monsters have a point. Like, just because something has a tentacle on its face doesn't mean it's not. Like, sure, it looks gross. Like to us but that he- doesn't mean that it's bad yeah hear it out yeah hear it out mm-hmm. maybe it has a point or like view things from its perspective to an extent don't let it murder you but also like find why out, is it murdering you find out how that monster is right yes mm-hmm. that's our whole that's our whole that's thing. our whole kid caboodle and so you know what it doesn't matter what i was gonna say <laughs> does it nothing matters that's the point in nihilism all are equal If there's a meaning to life, then necessarily some people are going to be better at it than others. And that means that some people are better than other people. The only true equality is in nothingness. This is the most English major shit (laughs) I've ever said. I'm doing all my STEM brothers, sisters, and etc. a disservice right now. Which is the correct lens to view uh, Cthulhu and Lovecraftian stuff under. Right. Because you, like, if we did a science take on Cthulhu, that's, that's lame. Yeah. Well, technically, because of the square cube law, technically, it turns out that technically you couldn't get Cthulhu to even exist because he's too big and it doesn't work. And things shouldn't get that big because Cthulhu doesn't work because technically, technically, <laughs> technically, I'm going to keep my shirt on. That's too much. <laughs> I was just taking up. Incredible disrobing. <laughs> That's my impression of an insane person. Is just... Yeah. Cthulhu mm-hmm. has been found throughout different parts of pop culture. Oh, wow. Neat. So, I can come back down yeah. from the fucking... I- I'm going from the, our, been... our crazy deep uh, literary perspective to the pop culture version. I've got, like, I... <laughs> I really... I have, like, a big chalkboard, like, covered in chalk with, like triangles and shit on it like no listen to me 
No, it's it's full chalk. It's just entirely white. So you've written over it enough times. Let me get my glasses. The crazy thing is, like, I was going to do like the crazy professor thing as a bit, and I forgot about it, and I wound up doing it on accident anyway. <laughs> so, uh, the part that I would like to point out is that, uh, you know, what genre of music loves Cthulhu? Uh, trash pop. Uh, metal. <laughs> I just made that up now. <laughs> that sounds like a good genre. <laughs> Trash pop is is most pop. Um, metal metal bands love Cthulhu. Right. They they t- title him in their songs. They include lyrics about him. I have learned so many different subgenres of metal <laughs> that oh. I didn't know exist, and I think they're all made up. Okay, so on the uh, Wikipedia article for Cthulhu, there is a section titled Music. Uh-huh. So uh, listen to a couple of these. Well, first of all, the second album of British steampunk band, The Men That Will Not Be Blamed For Nothing, (laughs) English As Fuck, have a song, uh, features a song about Cthulhu. Okay. Uh, you got a couple other here that are very important. The, um, English extreme metal, Mm -hmm. extreme metal band, Cradle of Filth. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, their fourth album, Midian, features a song titled Cthulhu Dawn. Uh, uh, the penultimate track on the 2011 self-titled debut album by New, New Zealand sludge metal band Beast Wars is titled Wow <laughs> Sludge Metal Sludge Metal is pretty good synth wave mm-hmm. Heavy Metal what does that even mean? I've named so many Venusaurs Heavy Pedal you don't even know <laughs> uh, You've got Death Metal the song Angel of Disease Oh hey Fields of Nephilim is on here mm-hmm. I know them And you've got Symphonic Metal with the album Beyond Sanctorum. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the my favorite one of the list. <laughs> uh, there's... Oh, I'm sorry. I, I forgot to mention Nano War of Steel. Oh, don't forget Power Metal. Power Metal is one of them. Yep. Yeah, that's the one. It's a German Power Metal and super hetero metal band Grail Knights. That's Hero Metal. <laughs> uh, whoopsie-doosie. Metal. Huh. <laughs> super... Okay. Superhero metal. <laughs> you, I officially have to get out of this apartment. <laughs> I've corrupted you too far. Yeah. I also love like going back to Cradle of Filth's uh, song Cthulhu Dawn. The lyrics seem to have nothing to do with Lovecraft Sea Monster. Yeah, that's all metal. It's all just like it's all just grabbing like just uh, the, oh Cthulhu. It's just like yeah. grabbing stuff that seems cool and then growling about it, which is why I mostly listen to femme metal stuff like Hailstorm and like Pretty Reckless because like they're not like cis women and stuff are not as good at doing the like correct like it's it's I I'm not here for your cartoon dog impression man I'm here to listen to metal like I, is it supposed to sound scary I don't get it but like every time I'm listening to a metal song it's always like wake up the demons they're coming for you out of a volcano and they're gonna burn down everyone who was mean to me in school <laughs> for four minutes and I'm tired of it and then a guitar solo happens <laughs> correct there's a question I have uh, I would like to propose to you about Cthulhu okay uh, therapist needs therapy or therapy animal oh switching it up oh you know now and then therapist therapist you go to Cthulhu with your problems no I'm just saying he has good advice. Go to sleep. <laughs> take a nap. You got a problem? Go to sleep. Take it easy. Yeah. Uh, take a dip. Take a dip. Sometimes you get hit by a, st- a steam 
A steamboat. Just regenerate. Regenerate? Go take it easy. Take a nap. Take go five. To, go to sleep. Spend some you time. Go to sleep. Don't don't spend you time. Just go to sleep. <laughs> That's the only answer. You got a problem? Go to sleep. You'll wake up and it'll be better. You'll feel better at least. I don't think he needs therapy. I think he's someone that has a good head on his shoulders. Well, a different head on his shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has such a good head on his shoulders that even it can even tank a steamboat. <laughs> yeah, correct. So uh, this episode was called Prank Calling Cthulhu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We weren't really going to talk about that. <laughs> oh, okay. The listeners are the ones who got pranked there. But no, uh, what, what do you know about prank calling? Uh, so I, I think I've heard it referred to in the past as crank calling. And I think that's back when phones like had a dial to them. So you you dial a random, you crank a random number. You have to like turn a little, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you have to turn a little lever to get the phone to keep talking. That's how you used to have, that's how they used to talk to Cthulhu. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> They used to like dial him up. Uh, but no, yeah. So uh, how do you prank call somebody? You can't, right? Because like... Ca- caller ID is too big of a thing nowadays. Caller, it's not even called caller ID now. Now it's just how phones work. <laughs> Yeah, you used to be able to go to a uh, a phone booth that was, like, off the grid. Remember in my parents' basement how there was just, like, a, a non, like, a corded phone, like, a non-digital phone, just, yeah. like, on the ground in my parents' basement behind, like, some workout equipment or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my parents' their bedroom had a, uh, it, it, it was designed to be an old-timey phone, except instead of a dial, it was buttons. <laughs> Arranged as if it was a dial. It's the most like hipster shit. That is the most hipster shit I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah, but then you pick it up and you still have, like the two pieces and hello. Weird phones. That was a segment called Weird Phones. <laughs> phones are weird, huh? We briefly mentioned uh, how Cthulhu can go down in a fight. Mm-hmm. So how about a little? Uh, what's that do? Monster Smackdown. We got to get a new name for that. <laughs> I say. As I've said, uh, seatbelts everyone didn't have a title for the longest time, so Monster Smackdown is is maybe a title. We should name it Rumble after the new Paramount picture. <laughs> what? <laughs> you haven't seen Rumble? What's Rumble? Rumble's a movie about monsters that fight. Oh, it's a uh, CGI animated sports comedy. Yeah. Okay, that's cute. That's fun. Yeah, you know. It's, it's like a sports movie, but it's like Godzilla is Rocky. I'd like that concept. That's fun. Okay. Sports movies should should come make a comeback. They should just be for like sports movies should make a comeback, but only after their coach yells at them in the <laughs> locker room with an inspiring speech. Yeah. Sports movies shouldn't be for people that watch sports. Mm. Is my is my hot take. Pacific Rim is just a sports movie. Exactly, and it rocks because it's not for people that play football. Yeah. Yeah. Pacific Rim is in every single way a sports movie. Wait, hold up. You didn't know this? Beat for beat for beat for beat for beat. It is exactly a sports movie, except there are no points. That's it. It's you just win or you die. That's, oh my God. Yeah, they they literally have locker room speeches. Oh God. Crazy talk. So, so, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think how this would work. Uh, monsters that w- that can fight Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- Godzilla. Godzilla, easy. Take him, no problem. Yeah. Cthulhu can't su- shoot beams. Cthulhu can't shoot beams, but Cthulhu could make Godzilla crazy. Because if you look at something you don't understand, you go crazy. Which is not really how things work, but crazy. Well, my, my question is, what if they have a limited intelligence? 
something like King Kong. Or Godzilla. Or Godzilla. Hmm. Look, if it were true that something that was beyond your intelligence, if you looked at it, you went crazy, then dogs would go crazy all the time. Because mm. dogs don't understand shit. And they don't. Dogs are fine. And in fact, they've like done measurements and stuff, and they find that dogs release oxytocin uh, to when they're uh, when they see a person, just like how a person releases it when they see a dog. So dogs think that we're cute and awesome and stuff too, which oh, is the okay. best fact that I know. That's very nice. Yeah, dogs like you the way that people like dogs. <laughs> Wait, are, are you? <laughs> the study has not been conducted, but if a Cthulhu saw us, do you think? Do you think he would think? Look at these little guys. <laughs> so what is... I can't comprehend how small this is. Oh. What is this boat that they're driving around? Oh, shit. No, no, no. I like your take. I like this take here. Like... I think if we're... If we're... If Cthulhu is incomprehensible to us, the reverse has to also be true. Cthulhu would be like, Squatch a Lorette. What? They want to fuck the monsters? Why? Oh, my God. Who the... What? What's wrong with that guy? It's fucking Bigfoot walking around. <laughs> Why is that one hairy? I don't know what this is. Yeah. Oh, what's... That thing looks like my head, but it's its own creature. What do you mean, wet-ass pussy? I'm always wet. Those things are using its wings to fly. But it's not. It's just shooting trails of chemicals in the air that make people worship me. <laughs> Man, that would be... Why is Megan the Stallion so popular? <laughs> I don't get it. I've been asleep for 50 gigatillion years. Why are these YouTube rules so complicated? What do you mean Tumblr's banning text posts or whatever the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's not hard to struggle to comprehend our world. Yeah. It's, it's... Wait, so they won't wear a mask? <laughs> That's it, right there, right? Yeah, yeah. That's like... Uh. In strange eons, even COVID may get COVID. That sentence doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> or does it? Like, even death may die. Death is insignificant. Yes, death is, uh, I think that's the, the, the point behind it. Death is so, like, fundamentally unimportant to how great this being is. That, like, death could be reversed. Mm -hmm. Like, death doesn't matter. Which is why it looks like, why are you dying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I think that's so weird. You just stop. That might be the scariest thing to Cthulhu, seeing something die. Maybe that's why he compensates by being so scary. Because he's put it on like a show. Because he's scared. Aww. Aw, baby. Riley. He, he's... <laughs> His name is Riley. I just picked that because that was a hot name. <laughs> Riley, and you can't deny this, is a hot name for any gender of person. Well, I think it's a, if you told me that that was the most popular name of like 2021, I would agree with you. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm sure that's right. Imagine a Riley in your head right now. Okay. How uh, hot are they? Yeah, I can't really get a not hot Riley. Riley from Pokemon. That's a hot Riley. The, the, the guy with the Lucario. Oh. That's a hot Riley. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty hot Riley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, uh, Cthulhu's just scared. He doesn't understand this world that, that's around him. Yeah. And he's so much so that he got donked in the head by a steamboat. He got donked so bad. And steamboats aren't new. <laughs> they aren't the, like, our hottest tech. No, no. Like I said, nukes. And I, I will say, this is my one note that I had coming into this episode, an idea that I had. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
I think we all want Cthulhu to leave the ocean. The sea levels will go back down a little bit. A little bit, but not like, enough. Like a little, like a little more than you'd think. Like not nothing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he's big enough to displace that much water. <laughs> well, I don't know how big he is. I don't think that's a good question to ask, really. <laughs> It's okay. Uh, m- moving Cthulhu is not a solution to climate change. No. <laughs> what if he just flies up into the sky and oh no, then the earth, then the atmosphere is too big now. <laughs> Do you think Cthulhu would like to be on the moon? Um, Cthulhu moon? Um, no. No, no you think no he'd like it up there? No, there's no one there to drive crazy. Hmm. Which I guess is what he eats. Does he eat crazy or does he eat fish? Well, if he's locked up in there, I don't know f- how much fish he's getting. Hmm. Are there, like, sea people cults that are feeding him food? Well, like, there's, uh, there's, like, you know, maybe. There's, like, you know, whales eat krill. Uh-huh. Maybe oh, so you think eat... it's just a little, a bunch of little krill coat go in, in his area? Yeah, maybe there's just, like, enough, like, little stuff gets in there that he can just eat. Hmm. Well, I think we've learned a few things about Cthulhu this episode. I think we have. Yeah. I will say, uh, we got beaten to the punch with, uh, with Squatch Lorette. Oh, Yeah. People people already digging on Cthulhu? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first off, there's the Lindsay Ellis, uh, book by Lindsay Ellis, Elisa Hansen, and Antonella and Sarah, who goes by Nella, uh, called Awoken. Okay. Which, there's a whole series that they did about this. It's a Fifty Shades of Grey type parody, but it's more of a parody of the paranormal romance genre in general. And is Cthulhu the basis? Yeah, it's Twilight with Cthulhu, basically. Okay. <laughs> It's shows about your high school. <laughs> in yes. yes. Yeah, no, that's in, in his house in Riley Dead Cthulhu lays dreaming of her. <laughs> so yeah, no, beaten to the punch is on that front. Yeah. Google hot Cthulhu really quick. Oh yeah, okay, I'll have to I was planning on cleaning my browser history anyway. Alright. <laughs> See, we got beaten to the punch pretty bad. Yeah, I, 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 I think so. I gotta say, none of these are sexy to me. <laughs> You're like a Red Riding Cthulhu? Red Riding Hood Cthulhu, I don't like. Uh, this one that's like super CGI, like the first result with just like a green hot guy with wings. You're like Booty Call of Cthulhu? I don't like Booty Call of Cthulhu, no. You don't like the uh, handsome Squidward Cthulhu? Uh, that's a little okay, but it's just a little drawing. That one where he has the suit, though, and the, and the tentacles, that's pretty good. Man, I have a type. <laughs> Shit, I didn't even think of that. Was not this trying. Is, is this Slender Man with a face? This is basically it's... Slender Man with a face and uh, suckers on the tentacles. All right, yeah, so. And then there's, of course. <laughs> this is Vilgax from Ben 10. This is not Cthulhu. I know Vilgax when I see him. I know Vilgax when I see him. And I want to see more of him. <laughs> That's enough of Vilgax for me to see. All right, let's take uh, Cthulhu to the final rating place. I'm inclined to rate him pretty highly <laughs> looking at this page. <laughs> Let's, You know what I don't like about these bikini Cthulhus and stuff? What's that? It's, Cthulhu's not... Cthulhu identifies as male. I don't I don't like this bimbofication of Cthulhu. Uh, so you like this more dapper gentleman. That is a Cthulhu I would wine and dine. Charming Cthulhu. Absolutely. That's See, that's good right there. Yeah, okay. Final rating place. How would you rate Cthulhu? Uh, if you had asked me this, like, a couple weeks ago before I did my research, I would have given it a very low Bowser-like score. 
was a little too harsh on Bowser. Maybe in the next, uh, in the next, like, you know. Mario adjacent property. No, in the next, like, uh, reshuffling of stuff. The uh, next time we do, like, a thing where we change up the ratings. Um, yeah. We might do Bowser again. But uh, I am going to give him a Xenogra out of Pythagoras. These are numbers that only make sense to my mind. All right. I'm giving Cthulhu a... I'm going to give him a 7.2 out of 10. I'm going to give him a 69. <laughs> uh, the, uh, my, my I'll re- also come up with a number rating later. <laughs> my, my reasoning is he's a... Uh, he, <laughs> oh, wow. I just got that. <laughs> my reasoning is just that I, I, he's... I get why people love Cthulhu as a monster, and I'm glad we've explored the stuff about his own fears and what he's compensating for. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of good stuff there, and don't get me wrong, I love me an octopus boy. Mm-hmm. I just think that uh, it's sometimes hard to like put a lot of meat on the bones when you don't know what the bones are, you don't know what the meat, what meat's compatible with it, and he's shrouded in almost too much mystery. What I like about Cthulhu versus the other Lovecraft monsters is that there's not a lot of, like, his form was so maddening that I dare not describe it here. And it's like, hey, Howard, describe it, please. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's your job. Oh, also, you know what? Complete omission that we've forgotten to do this entire time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rank a Fulu 10 out of 10. The only... Uh, that's that's what that number means. The complete omission that we've forgotten to do this entire time. Yes. Howard Philip Lovecraft's racism. Oh, yeah, uh, yes. And general bigotry. Uh, paid a little bit of lip service to it. Oh, uh, let's let's mention that here at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, disclaimer that all racism is bad. And, I mean, well, what more do you need to say? To H.P. Lovecraft's credit, he did, in like his later years, kind of... Reform on that? Repent a little mm-hmm. on his bigotry and stuff. He was very, like, he did mention something about how, like, I understand that kind of person because I used to be that really bad. Hmm. So at least at the very end, he made an attempt, but the damage was kind of already done. And so should we judge historical characters by the totality of their body of work or by, you know, what they did at the very end, if they eventually recant of upsetting and horrible views? Right. And I I think that there's a true, uh, you know, do we forgive that person? Do we? Does forgiveness matter? Mm-hmm. And I, I do want to say that there's. I I don't think that's uh, having like you know uh, a drop of racism in your past. Way as a full C for for HP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was uh, pretty bad. But means that that they're have a black mark on their everything they did and all their work. And it's you know I I think there's something to be said about that. But uh, to, uh, I think the Lovecraftian mythos, uh, his work, is always worth exploring. You know what my theory is for why he, uh, for how these things tie together? Uh, is his kind of fear of the unknown is what's powered things? I've heard that connection made before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, it's not so much of a theory, but if you don't understand something, you fear it. Hmm. And if you fear something, you refuse to understand it. And if you refuse to understand something, you don't empathize with it. Yes. So if you are fearful of, you know, all the racist hate mongering that's going on around you that you've absorbed into your own psyche, if you are the kind of person that is needlessly fearful of stuff like seafood or air conditioning, as uh, H.P. Lovecraft was, 
then you are naturally going to be fearful of anything that someone else describes as a threat to you, mm-hmm. including other kinds of people. Racists are scared. Racists are scaredy cats is my big point here. But I think maybe, just maybe, the reason why all of, like, most of H.P. Lovecraft's texts come from the point in time where he was a more racist and, like, the post-racism period is not as much of a flourish is that when you are being faced with death, nothing else seems quite as scary. Hmm. I'm about to die anyway. <laughs> that kind of drowns not, out everything else. Therefore, I'm not as scary. Therefore, I'm not as scared of everything. Mm-hmm. Therefore, maybe black people are okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, he, in the same way that he like kind of changed his perspective, he ascended above that stuff. Right. But then by necessity, you know, now the largest, the larger body of your work, unless you uh, plan on like pumping out like, you know, 50% of your work in the last few years of your life, most of your work is going to necessarily be intoxicated on that hatred, Mm -hmm. on that fear of the unknown. And that's why it's important to embrace the unknown early. Fuck a monster. It helps you not be racist. I'm pretty sure that makes sense and checks out and is fine. I think I think that's the correct way to state that. Not, I'm not racist. I fuck monsters. Yes, is, is, okay. the, is the bad version. Okay, yes. I think that's a very important order of operations. I, yeah. think, my, I think my dear Aunt Sally really has something to say about that old chestnut. I would agree. So uh, I'm glad we touched upon that because for not for some reason that always it it uh, it haunts our a lot of our episodes the monsters we encounter mm-hmm. and how there's a uh, kind of sometimes that that fear of the unknown that racism is an underlying factor no matter what you're right and sometimes like monsters come from a fear of the unknown that comes from xenophobia or racism or sexism they're, they're or anything. All, they're all phobias and fears. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, you know, it, it's, it matches up and it, yeah, it matches up. Don't be racist. Have sex with monsters or, uh, or just find monster right. Yes. Th- that's what we do. We find the monsters right and we find racism wrong. Gavel smack. Tune in next week for the final installment of uh, Junuary 2. Arguably subtitled Kaijunuary. Until then. Until then. Fingli. Fingluy. Mingwanaf. Cthulhu. Riley. Wagat. Noggle. Photogon. I've heard that one before. Thank <laughs> you.